T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. The one problem is Rivera throws... Inside the left-handers, and left-handers get a lot of broken bat hits in the shallow outfield. The shallow part of the outfield. That's the danger in bringing the infield in with a guy like Rivera on the mound. That's really good. That's pretty okay. good. I mean, I know, like, every now and then you'll hear someone call a play or think someone's getting the three here or this guy's going to do this or this guy. That's pretty in-depth that you would go. You know the scenario, who's on base, outs, this, that, who's up, left-handed batter, blah, blah, blah. Hey, by the way, here's a problem with Mariano Rivera, who is the greatest closer yeah. of all time. Oh, the problem he does with, have this tendency. The problem with bringing the infield in. Yeah. yeah. Don't because, bring him in. Right, because he breaks the bat. That's really going deep into mentioning something that is relevant, obviously not knowing how it's going to play out. That's very cool. That's going back 21 years. 2001, that's right. That might be the series after 9-11. The best World Series. I'm just going to throw out best World Series ever, but that's the series with Byung-Hyun Kim blowing multiple games. at Yankee Stadium. At Yankee Stadium, walk-off bombs for the Yankees in two games, and then Game 7, Randy Johnson, Kurt Mm -hmm. Schilling, I mean, it was... And and the greatest closer of all time not closing out the game. Yeah. And 9-11. The whole storyline. 9-11, New York's team in the World Series. Did Broch have an error in the ninth? There was a play... There's a, there's a play where... Mm, somebody... There's a close play, maybe? Anyway. Somebody will write it in. But that might have been the happiest I've ever been for a team that I don't like losing. Uh, I'm sure there's some Patriots games in there too. No, it's the but, ol- it's the only time I felt bad rooting against the Yankees. Right. Because, you know, 9/11 obviously. It was just I I I'm not going to tell you I was rooting for the Yankees. I wasn't. I was very happy Arizona won, but I did think if there was ever a year to root for the Yankees to win a World Series and be happy for the fans of New York, that would have been the year to do it. We play that clip because Tim McCarver passes away. And wasn't that when Mr. November came out with Jeter because in Game 6 he hit a walk-off to send it to Game 7? No, they walked off Mr. Games f- uh, 4 and 5. The middle the middle games at the stadium because 1, 2, 6, and 7 were in Arizona. So it had to be two of the games in the middle, right? Three, four. Was it 4 and 5? I forget. It had I'll to pull be, it up. It was the middle of the series that was in the Bronx. It was an incredible series. 
When was Mr. November? The Diamondbacks won game six, 15 to two. <laughs> you know, I don't remember the score. I don't remember the blot. Yeah. The, so the Yankees won two games in extra innings, and they were games, it was games four and five, yeah. four to three, and three to two. It was game four that Jeter, Jeter, Jeter got named Mr. November. Oh, yep. that was it. Okay. How about that? The, the Yankees had a chance to, I mean, game six, they could win the series. They lost 15 to two. Right. And then game seven is the one where. You know, we just you play the highlight right there. Plus, by the way, the series, you know, among the backdrops into that series was you had to deal with Kurt Schilling and Randy Johnson multiple times. Okay. I, on that, the error, the fielding error, the Yankees are up 2-1, to one, bottom of the eighth, whatever. Mark Grace led off the inning with a single to center. Rivera's errant throw to second on a bunt attempt hmm. put runners on first and second. So that's what it was. It was All Rivera right. made a mistake in the field. Yeah. Um. He might have made two. Yeah. He threw a player out at third. Brocious held on to the ball instead of throwing to first to complete the double play. Uh, all right. So there was some... It's it was not... Stuff. It was a crazy, crazy it's finish It was today. a great series, really. One of the all-time best. 21, so, 22 years ago. You mentioned McCarver. Before we get back to our discussion, just a quick... Uh, Paul Whelan passed away. I want to mention him, too. The first director of public relations in the history of the Buffalo Sabres way back in 1970. And if you're not familiar with Paul Whelan, well, if you are, you'll know what I'm talking about. But if you're not familiar with Paul Whelan, he, the note about him it would be the April Fool's pranks that he came up with as the PR director. The famous one is the drafting of the Japanese player who never existed. Taro Sujimoto, I think, was the, the, the Sabres drafted a guy from Japan. They just made it up. And they didn't tell anybody. They didn't even tell the Knoxes. Like, the Knoxes apparently kept asking, hey, when's the Japanese player showing up for training camp? They didn't tell anybody. They drafted a guy who didn't exist. They did. He sent out a release that the Sabres had purchased the USS Little Rock in the Naval Park (laughs) and that they were going to use it as a team yacht and a summertime training vessel to get the guys in shape for training camp. I think... I want to say someone kidded like they were going to sail it up to Toronto and, you know, like blow up the Maple Leafs. One other year, and I think this might have been, I think this was when I was in college because we were on the Sabres press release list at our campus radio station. He sent out a press release that announced Ronald, Re- Ronald Reagan, who was president at the time, named the Sabres America's hockey team. The release had a mocked-up magazine cover for Time magazine and a proclamation from the White House, which was obviously false, dated April 1st, with what appeared to be the signature of Ronald Reagan signing off on a proclamation that declared the Sabres America's hockey team. And, like, people bought into this. Media outlets were reporting some of this stuff as fact. And that's what he was known for. Everybody always looked, even though you knew it was coming eventually, everybody always looked forward to what is he going to come up with for April 1st. Uh, went on to, I believe, teach at St. Bonaventure as well. So rest in peace, Paul Whelan, first ever PR director for the Sabres, who will go down in history for his April 1st pranks for press releases. If you're just joining us, hi. We uh, opened the show uh, by venting uh, because I, I came into work this morning and I saw Todd McShay's first post-Super Bowl mock draft, and he had the Bills taking a running back at 27. There was a run of wide receivers right before the Bills picked, which would not be fun. So what would you think of the Bills took a running back? That's one of the things we're discussing this morning, and uh, you can let us know about that. You can let us know what else is on your mind, some other stuff you want to get to. That's fine, too. Uh, Tony says, I'd rather trade back and get an extra pick than draft a running back in the first round. You don't need to trade back and get an extra pick. 
you got plenty of other things you should be looking for. In fact, trade up and get one of the best wide receivers in the draft. Or if you're big on offensive linemen, okay, that's fine. My first priority would be a receiver. But you want to go get a guy, you need at least one starter. Maybe you need somebody to beat out Spencer Brown. I don't know. But you need a starting guard. You're going to need a starting center eventually when Mitch Morse is no longer here. Go get an offensive lineman with the first pick. You don't need to trade back. You don't need to get extra picks. You need to get what you need as a priority, which is A, a wide receiver, or B, an offensive lineman, and actually trade up to get the guy you love on your board. And don't trade back for an extra pick. I don't need more picks. I need, like, talent in here to help the passing game. Do you want a little bit of... Mm, still trying silver linings on running No, backs? no, okay, I've given up on silver linings. There's another little... Do you have to care what happens on Instagram story? Do you want one? Okay, well, let me just tell you, I've never, I don't know, I might have been on Instagram one time. That's okay. I, I don't actually know much about Instagram. That's fine. Okay, so I don't typically care what's on Instagram. So what has happened via Instagram that we need to, do we need to talk about it? Do you need to know about it? Well, Trayvon Diggs has posted a, Photo yeah. shop of Stefan Diggs in a Cowboys uniform. Okay, that's why I saw a tweet, somebody tweeting about how there was a discussion going on if Stefan is trying to get himself traded to Dallas to play, or well, he's not going to be released, obviously, so moved somehow to Dallas to play with his brother. Stefan Diggs isn't going anywhere, so go ahead. I don't, I honestly don't care about that. Okay. Because it's not going to happen. Right. Right. Don't give me that hesitation. Right. Yes! A gazillion percent this is not happening. Okay, I'll tell you what. I found something that would make me madder than the Bills <laughs> taking a running back in the first round of the draft. You move on from Stefan Diggs. Let's just close up shop, shall we? What are we in the business for? That's well, not happening. It's preposterous to even have that no, discussion. Super Bowl week, he did. Diggs did talk about how you know it's their dream to play together. Okay. Wonderful. When, Trayvon, you're, when Tra- you're 38, you can go play or, down there. Trayvon, come on over. Great. Have, that's fine. <laughs> you can come here. Uh, it, it's, you know, what does it really mean? It's kind of reminiscent of Von Miller posting all the Beckham stuff to the Bills, and that never ultimately happened. Still could. They hired his, maybe his Former favorite receiver receivers coach. coach. Yeah, but odd that the guys followed Beckham in three places. Mm-hmm. I did find that interesting. It's definitely noteworthy. Right? LSU and Giants and, and Browns. Cleveland, yep. Yeah. But this picture from Trayvon Diggs posting of, of Stefan Diggs in a Dallas uniform like, I'm with you. The Bills aren't doing that. No. Come on. D- See, you you did it again. What? I didn't do you anything. You did it again. You paused and you looked at me. You know, this is radio, so you can't see what Jeremy's doing. He's sitting across the table from me. You paused both all times. Right, all right. You're, you're gonna, looking away. I'm going to do it. And I'll... you pause and look to your right and stare at me and you don't say anything. I'm going to say it. This is the Trump. Gretzky got traded. Okay, but that's. All right, stop. <laughs> okay, but that was a special scenario. The owner had no money, right? The owner was crazy, and he had no uh, money. A.J. Brown got traded. That's because they're stupid. The guy who did that is no longer working for the Titans. DeAndre Hopkins got traded. They're not smart either. Tyreek Hill got traded. Okay, they won a Super Bowl. Don't use Kansas City as an example. No. Yeah, okay, well, first off, they do have a franchise Hall of Famer tight end that they can still throw the ball to. No, this is... Let's not even... This is not a discussion, is it, right? Are people seriously thinking, worried about this stuff because of him spouting off? Devontae Adams got traded. Listen, 
All I'm going to say with this Let's is... Let's just end this right now. Every one of those players I just listed, yeah. the fan base would have thought, never. you're right, not going right. to do that, right? right. You're, you're not going to trade that guy. Okay, but here's, okay, here's the difference, though. I don't know about the Adams situation. All, Hill was about the contract. They were all about contracts, Diggs and is under Diggs contract. just got his. He, ha- he is under contract. He's making really good money. So this is not that. If, if the Bills decided to move on from Stefan Diggs, by the way, you would not release him. That would just be one of the dumbest things that anyone ever did in the history of sports. You would trade him. You would call around the league and say, we are taking offers for Stefan Diggs. Everybody give us your best offer, which again, is still not going to happen. But if you did that, what are you in business for? What are we doing? Then you know what? If you're going to do that, go draft the running back in round one because you're going to become the Tennessee Titans. And that really worked out well for them. Let's trade our best receiver. Tannehill's game falls apart. You play the young quarterback. The season goes down the crapper, and you miss the playoffs. Yeah, that worked out really well for them. It's preposterous. Now, see what I, what you're going to make me angry. I'm. We, we, this is. I can't I'm not trading him. I can't even believe we're talking about this. There's no. This is the Buddy Nix game. Like, this is, you got a better shot at Ted Nolan coming back today to coach the Buffalo Sabres today than Stefan Diggs being an ex-Bill. All right. I'm glad to hear the conviction. I'm leaving. If they trade Stefan Diggs, I will come back just to yell for four hours. He's one of the best. I mean, I'll calm down now. Obviously, he's one of the best receivers in the game. He's great. The discussion is not, are we worried about Diggs? Is he a, what is this? Is this, are we going to, he's a cancer in the room? The, the discussion is, how do you get better players around Stefan Diggs? How do you add to Stefan Diggs? Not subtract. By the way, again, and if you did do this, if you subtracted, who's your best receiver? Like Green Bay traded Adams. Well, that worked out well for their passing game, right? I mean, for how long this season did people talk about Aaron Rodgers until, um, who's the kid that developed? Watson? Yeah, Christian Watson. But it took him half a season to develop. And they would have been better with Adams and Watson. Every team that Houston did it. Houston without Hopkins? That worked out well. Every team that did it regretted it pretty much except for the Chiefs. Kansas City is the, right. right. Every other team that does it, I mean, the Titans it's, a fell se- apart. it's a self-inflicted wound. The Titans signed Robert Woods. The Titans drafted a wide receiver, right? Was it Burks? Yep. Traylon Burks? Terrible idea. A.J. Brown goes to Philadelphia. Hey, they're the one seed. Right? What did Miami do? We had Jalen Waddle. Let's trade for time. It's adding to Stefan Diggs and building a dangerous receiving core. He's fine. He, I know. he was upset they were losing. My goodness. Weren't you at home yelling and screaming at your television? You were upset too. Problem is, nobody had a camera on you at your home watching the game with your arms out and throwing stuff at the television. Diggs just happens to be on camera with his arms at his side going, what are we doing here? You probably said the same thing at home. What the hell's happened to the offense? I know, I'm sorry. We should take calls. I didn't mean this. One thing that's happened to the offense, the entire offensive line and Dawson Knox and some others are in Las Vegas for 10 days. What are they doing? Hanging out. Just hanging out? That's what... Good for them. Kyle Brandt said that on his podcast when he's talking with Josh, that 10 days. So, you know, what's going on with the offense? That's going on with the offense. Oh, good for them. They're bonding? I mean, they're doing something. Guys, do the zip line on front... Fremont, Fremont Street. Street. Yeah, it's really fun. That's a cool area. Go do the zip line. It's a long time to be in Vegas. Well, you know, I, I can only take Vegas for at most three days. Four days, tops. Yeah, four. After a while, 
all the bells and everything and the noise of the casinos and me losing money, I can only take Vegas for so long and then I have to get the heck out of there. All right, let's get to uh, let's get connected with our fans. Let's go to CJ in Buffalo. Thanks for holding on. Go right ahead. Hey guys, hey, uh, I know we talk about like not using our receivers, uh, usually our running backs as well. But is it? Do you think this is a possibility that the reason for that is most of this is something that Dayball wanted and not Ken Dorsey? And I say that because the style of coaching. I know they say, oh, it's, it's pretty much the same playbook. But the, the the way they attack downfield, a lot of the passes, short passes uh, to the flats that Josh learned was under Dable. Now we we go deeper or more aggressively than we did, and I think we need receivers for him, which is why I think the Bills gave Ken Dorsey another year because I don't think this is his offense. But then I would question, you know, why bring in Hines? But at the same time, I. I think, you know, this offense is going to be built this offseason for Ken Dorsey and not so much for Dayball, which I think – because we didn't have speed at running back, and Dayball needed speed at running back, which is how we went into the offseason. He never had – Dayball never had speed at running back. No. He had had Singletary, he had Moss. Right, and and, and we added Hines and Cook is why I think this is Dayball's offense and not Ken Dorsey's. That's all I'm saying. Uh, As Hmm. far as the pieces – you know, that's just the way I look at yeah. it. I think this is more for Dable and not for Kendorsey. So this season is why they're saying, okay, let's just give Kendorsey another year, and we're going to help you build your offense now. Hmm. That's just I don't, nice. I don't think that's, I don't think that's possible at all. Personally, I the idea they, that he didn't run his own offense, he had a full off season. Yeah, they had a draft. They drafted a receiver. They drafted a pass catching running back, and they wanted they signed speed. players. They they added those guys because they, they wanted speed out of their running backs. They weren't. They didn't have speed. They in their said running they backs. wanted to be a yak team. They were a bad yak yeah. team. The yeah. quarterback got hurt. Yeah. That's the other part of it. The quarterback got hurt and played with an. There's no chance it wasn't Ken Dorsey's offense. If you're saying that, I think you're. I would say you're only trying to do that to try and explain away why it wasn't better. It was his offense. If it wasn't good enough, it wasn't good enough. If it was number two in the league in scoring, yeah, like it had its its obviously success and had its its good run. But no, that that's that's Ken Dorsey's offense. And the whole thing about you know taking running backs, you know, this would not be we're drafting a running back in the first round because Ken Dorsey's offense that we're morphing into needs running backs. They've been drafting running backs. They wanted and and Cook and Hines right were speed. We're adding speed. We're adding guys they thought would bring more speed to the offense, Would could be yards after catch, could be dynamic in space. That's not Devin Singletary, no insult to him. It's not Zach Moss. It's not anybody else who's been a running back here. Mike Tolbert just popped into my head. Wow. They, had, they, they, they needed a dynamic out of their backfield they weren't getting from previous guys or other guys on the roster. We were joking about the Ken Dorsey offense. A couple of us, I was talking with... They tried it with Breed. It didn't with, work. Same yeah. concept. Talking with Joe, our program director, Alan Davis, who were out a couple, maybe last week or something, talking about the, the Dorsey offense. And, you know, like, it, whatever. It's year one. So I'm going to I'm gonna put it over here that like it, he can grow. It can get better. They mm-hmm. need weapons, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. But the way they approached the whole year of it, it was almost... It kind of it was like the, the Bills didn't talk to Dorsey about what he wanted. Hmm. Right? Yeah. Like the, It's almost like there was some sort of challenge. Dorsey was in a soundproof booth <laughs> operating the We're offense the and they can't talk to him and they're like all right let, let's see if he, was he want two tight ends and they give him oj howard in the you know in the training camp like yeah now nah, he doesn't want those okay all right um pass catching running back throw one of those in there see what he does with it you know it's supposed to be the reverse i know but I, right when you hire a guy as a coordinator you should know philosophically what they're going to run and what the needs will be right and it was pass catching running back okay are they throwing to the running backs no no they're not okay 
What about another one? Yeah. Give him Naheem Hines. Yeah. The throwing to him? Mm-mm. Yeah. Okay. What do we do now? Get Cole Beasley? You know what? <laughs> like, I'm, I'm going to ra- go down the rabbit hole with you. Hey, let's re-sign Isaiah McKenzie for a greater role on offense. Uh, wrong answer. Yeah. Are they using him more? Mm-mm. No. Okay. Hmm. <laughs> let's so, draft a wide receiver and get him 10 targets the entire season. Shakir. Or 10 catches. 10 catches. Sorry, 10 catches. Yeah. So, I mean. That's do- funny. Whatever. Things broke down around Dorsey. I don't think it's all his fault. The injury to Allen is a big part of it. Mm-hmm. And what happened with them at their skill positions is a, another part of it. I think a big part of it is he was a first-time play caller. That's not easy. I mean, I'm not, I'm not a, Dorsey, a huge Dorsey fan, but let's face it. You could be a quarterback coach forever, and then you're the guy. Then you're the guy who's responsible for everything on offense, and you're the guy making the decisions, and you're calling the plays upstairs. That's a lot. And you know what? You're going to make mistakes because at first time at anything, you're going to make mistakes. You learn, hopefully, from those mistakes. Brian Dable, I'm, I'm going to guess Brian Dable's first year as a play caller, he uh, made a lot of mistakes. But he learned because he had a lot of experience at it. In Dorsey's defense, and this I think is maybe what Bean or, one of Bean or McDermott, one of them would have alluded to in their end-of-season press conferences, he learned. Okay, what does he do in year two? How much does he understand about what to call, when to call, how to design, how to do this, what to do, how do you help Josh? What, based on what you went through in year one, which certainly had its struggles at, at points of the season. Let's uh, get uh, Jimmy in Miami in here on WGR. Go ahead, Jimmy. Hey, guys. Good morning. Hey, um, I wanted to say that uh, Joe Marino's comments yesterday were really right on about the Chiefs GM, Brett Beach, and um, his ability and how he evaluates talent and brings in these quality rookies through the draft that can just contribute right away and fit in with you know, like their core star veterans on defense and even on offense, but on defense especially this year. I mean, it really is brilliant. And the incredible thing is that that he's done it, you know, while navigating through Mahomes' big contract. So I don't I guess maybe I'm reading too much into it, but it seemed like Joe was saying that the Chiefs are much better at drafting and evaluating talent than being in McDermott. It just seemed like, you know, these guys are really doing it the right way, um, and they're doing it with offense, offense, offense all the time. I mean, they just – all they want to do is give Mahomes more weapons on offense. Sure, they want a good defense, and they have some quality core guys on defense, but they know if they can outscore the next guy, and especially if they got a freak like Mahomes, they're, they're going to win most of the games. Um, so, having said that, I think – you know, in the draft coming out, um, the receivers, we have to have a receiver. You have to have someone that stretches the off- the defense. This kid, Quentin Johnston, out of TCU, I don't think he'll be there. He's probably going to be the first guy that goes in the draft. But I think he's like 6'4", and he runs a 4'4'40". The, the guy is a super freak, and, you know, he'll probably go like ninth or 10th. But there's other kids like this Jordan Addison from USC, who's got great speed, Jalen Hyatt out of Tennessee. Those are probably the first three that go. And that's Smith, Smith and the Jigba. I know one of the callers talked about him. He's, he's really a great possession guy. I mean, it doesn't have blazing speed, but you throw anything at that guy and he's going to catch it. And um, I guess the thing that drove me crazy about the draft last season was when somebody like Isaiah Pacheco was out there and we drafted a punter in round six, I mean, I, don't, I, I question their abilities, 
McDermott and uh, and Bean's ability to evaluate talent also a little bit. I used to have a lot of confidence in them, but how do you draft a punter when, I mean, you go to the combine and you see a kid like Isaiah Pacheco and he's still on the board and you need offensive talent. So I guess that's all I'm saying, but um, thanks for uh, the line. I'll hang well, up and listen to you guys. One of the reasons you draft a punter is... They needed a punter for one thing. Yeah, I mean they did. I mean, you, I guess you can always find, but they he's, did need a punter. He's, by the way, looking like he's gonna. He's back in football. He's playing in Mexico, oh, all right. and might come back to the NFL at some point. And, and Pacheco, they already did draft a running back. They took Cook, and they had Singletary, and they had Moss. Right. You're going to draft two two running backs in the same draft. The punter point. They they value in a very big way. Special teams. They have special teams only players on their roster. Actually, they have big decisions on special teams only free agents this year. Like Taiwan Jones, Matakevich. I was listening to, to Joe, Joe Marino, who the caller mentioned, run down everybody. Everybody's contract's up except yeah. for Saran Neal. Yeah, there's a few they so, have to deal with, right? You want to talk about ways the Bills could fundamentally change? They could sit down and say, do we want this many special teams only players? Right. Or do we want to ditch that entire concept and try and get as many like hybrid guys that'll do both mm-hmm. that we can? Because Special teams only. You mentioned it. Jake Kumaro was on the team for special teams. Him. Yeah, right. He's on the team for special teams. Would they have been better off with Kumaro or with Isaiah Hodgins, who doesn't play special Hodgins, teams? Right. Because you, you, you do you, need you someone. Needed, you need a receiver. But you do help, need right. somebody out there. You you need somebody to, to play the position. Tyler Matikevich, right? He's a guy. Special mm-hmm. teams he is only. Free. Right. And some of their younger players, too. So I, I don't know if they will continue to dedicate so much to just special teams. That's why they drafted a punter. I mean, they drafted a kicker and they drafted a punter because it's probably part of McDermott's belief about the importance of special teams. Which, By the way, Martin's a free agent too, the punter. The punter, so okay. I don't know if they're going to re-sign him, draft one. Kumro, Matikevich, Taiwan Jones. I'm trying to think. Marlowe, A.J. Klein's a free agent. He obviously doesn't play much on defense. Uh, so they've got a handful of guys. I think I might be forgetting somebody. Maybe Jaquan Johnson. They got a handful of guys that are on special teams here mostly that they have to figure out how to sign them. None of them are going to cost you a fortune, but it adds up a little bit here, a little bit there for a team that's over the cap that does add up. Yeah, I'm just thinking about the roster spots. Yep. Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah, I mean the money's one I was side of it. About trying to make it all the roster fit. spots are they had a game this year, they dressed four wide receivers. That just can never happen again. No. Not for a pass heavy team like the Bills. And that's why you take a wide receiver to your first pick. 803-0550 to join us this morning. Uh, we will still get to, not right now, we still have uh, Dave Matthews tickets we're going to give away. Reminder, the show coming to Darien Lake Amphitheater, Dave Matthews Band, Wednesday, June 14th. Tickets go on sale this morning, 10 o'clock. You'll find those at LiveNation.com. Do remember, when you go to a show at Darien Lake this year, if you have an oversized vehicle, you are required to have oversized lot parking passes. And uh, to do so, you can purchase them at LiveNation.com. Again, tickets go on sale at 10. We have another pair of tickets to give away before we are done. Very quickly, your last day is March 3rd. Day of the trade deadline. That is the trade deadline. Yes! Big things can happen. Oh, no, I'm off that. I'm on that day. Okay. i got to take that day off. When we get back, you got time for a little Sabres thing here? I mean, I'm here till 10. I thought of something about the Sabres and a potential trade that you have to go with me down a little, not quite conspiracy, I started to wonder if it's possible the Sabres played four-dimensional chess Oof, I'm on, on, on one of their moves. Right. Something we all thought was kind of meh to dumb. Was it actually brilliant? I'll explain. 
T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Baseball is back. And so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Even though it's believed that Bill Armstrong, the Arizona Coyotes, want to be creative, they're not willing to take on contracts beyond entry-level contracts. So the perfect scenario for the Coyotes is to get draft picks, to get prospects, and at worst, the player on his entry-level contract. Now, teams have expressed the interest required to make that deal, but they also need some money to move along to make all of the mechanics work. And so far, that... Uh, hasn't been the case as far as Arizona is concerned, and that's Darren Drager on TSN. Okay, all right. So, walk through this a little bit. By the way, did you know the Sabres in Arizona have the two largest amounts of cap space available right now in the league? They're one and two. Mm-hmm. Over $18 million for both of them. Mm-hmm. Interesting. And, and they're both closest, obviously, because do the math, reverse it, they're both the closest to the floor. Right. So, could the Sabres have pulled a four-dimensional chess move this offseason that snuck by, I don't want to say everybody, but a lot of us. Mm-hmm. So Joe Marino, the other Joe Marino, not the draft network. Oh, There's Joe Marino, who also writes about the Sabres for ChargingBuffalo.com. So he posted a couple things that I, I, you know, quick favorite, make a note, and this is what brought me to this conversation. So he said, I know it's not happening in theory. The Coyotes could take on... Ben Bishop in a potential deal because his AAV on the cap is slightly higher than Jacob Chikrin's. So if you're yeah, Arizona... Chikrin's 4'6", Bishop's 4'9". Right. Let, let's talk about the Chikrin trade. Yeah. If Arizona wants to trade Jacob Chikrin, they go... I think they might even go under, under the, the floor. floor. Right. So they need money coming back. Okay. They would just be barely, like, a, if this is right, they would be just a few hundred thousand... 64? Yeah. They would be a slightly under the 61 million floor. Yep. They'd be around 60. Now, I don't know if they would want or need Ben Bishop's salary on their books, but one thing Ben Bishop is, he is a cap hit that is bigger than his salary. His cap hit for the Sabres is 4.9. His salary is 2.5. When mm-hmm. they signed Bishop, I thought the indication was 
This means you should expect a quiet offseason because the Sabres are adding a player that's more cap space than he is salary, and he's never going to play for them. So it's 4.9 in cap of a cap hit for a guy that will never play. Which, by the way, does make the difference right now. They're at 63.5, according to Track. so the 4.9 does get them over the floor. And as we understand it, if you're on long-term IR, it means you can go over the uh-huh. cap, Yes, but it does count to get you to the floor if you need it to. Yep. So it gave the Sabres a little bit of flexibility, not worrying about being at the floor. Could they have, the Sabres, made that move to A, get to the floor, or to make sure they have that flexibility, but also to say, hey, listen, if it ever comes to be that another team near the floor wants to trade a player Mm -hmm. and we need to give them salary back that is risk-free, here, take this Ben Bishop coupon. It counts for 4.9 on your cap. It expires at the end of the year. He'll never play for you. You pay him even less than that. I mean, it's it's beautiful. It's beautiful. Here's your here's your prospect, here's your entry level contract, here's your pick, and here's another you know this guy. You don't even have to call him. I was thinking about Ben Bishop yesterday. Does he watch Sabres games? What's he doing? I don't, I don't bet he doesn't watch the games. <laughs> what does he do? Think he's sitting home in a Sabres jersey pulling for his team? Yeah. No, I don't think so. Okay. I don't know. I, I don't know. <laughs> um, so anyway, like I, I don't know that they would have been able to see this all out this far out. But one more point on this, on, on the yep. Chikrin stuff. So a couple points on yours. So to what Dreger says, they want entry-level deals, picks, and prospects. And there needs to be a corresponding move kind of to make sure that they – Either the entry-level contracts are enough to push them over the floor, yeah. but it might get close. It's so, a little over a million dollars. So now I've got, okay, who wants Jacob Chikrin? The the number of teams that can fit him in, right? it's not many. No. Buffalo, Anaheim, out. Anaheim's tanking, right? Nope. Red Wings. The Red Wings are there. Chicago, terrible. Nope. Not, nope. In, not then, happening. And nobody else has cap space enough to fit it. Minnesota, Winnipeg, the Islanders just spent a bunch on the Horvat trade. But even Minnesota would have to make some space yep. to fit Chikrin. Okay. Or or don't have the pieces to make a deal work. The Sabres, you know, we could talk about how Kevin Adams says you don't want to hit fast forward. They are potentially at the trade deadline store with the most money to spend. They have and I don't mean from cap space, I mean on picks and prospects. They're walking in with their pockets stuffed with assets. Mm-hmm. And here is a young timeline matching great defensemen. Okay, two points. I'm actually going to backtrack on something I told you in the break. When I told you you were wrong, I don't think you're wrong. And I'll explain here in a second. So what the Sabres did, do I believe it? it, it is possible that when they did the Ben Bishop thing, while we were all thinking, well, they got to get to the floor, which it did allow them to do, by the way, is it possible they were looking at it as a trade ship down the road? Could be. It's not far-fetched. Initially, this is how, in the break, this is how Jeremy set it up for me. It was more specifically about Chikrin in Arizona. That you would look at Arizona and go, okay, listen, fellas, if Arizona's not good, they're going to be a seller. One of the pieces they would sell would be Jacob Chikrin. And look where their cap is. If they move Chikrin at any point, they drop under the floor. Hey, let's have... I hate to say dead piece, I'm sorry, but let's have a piece, a player who's never playing again and use that as a trade chip with Arizona. I think it'd be a lot to go. I, th- I said to you, I'm not going to give him that much credit. That's too far down the road. Generically having it as a trade piece, yes, I think they actually would have a discussion. Hey, let's get Bishop. We hit the floor, but down the road, if somebody needs dollars just to meet cap rules, we got this guy. And- so I think that's 
I would hope they did that because you know what? That's smart. That's how you should operate. While you say you wouldn't but, have necessarily seen it coming for Arizona, haven't they, they done this a hundred times? That's why I want to backtrack what I told you in the break. Honestly, because I hadn't looked at all the cap numbers when you told me this. If you really want to give them credit, they'd be doing it with two teams in mind that they knew were going to be bad, Arizona or Anaheim. You'd look at it and go, right? If either of those teams falls off, those are the two teams with that are closest to the floor. Arizona being closer to Anaheim. So if you really wanted to go down your conspiracy theory, just they they would say if you were going to do this, it had to be directed at. I mean, the Red Wings are seventy four. I mean, the floor is sixty one. It had to be Arizona, maybe Anaheim. You'd have to look at the teams that were in danger of selling and dropping under the floor. It's right. Only two teams. Let's. Say I just I feel like it's crazy for them to say they did Bishop thinking down the road Arizona would trade Chickwin. Then again, Arizona always trades their good players well, I mean, and yeah. always takes capital. Oliver Ekman, Larson, I mean, whatever. They, Henrik yeah. Zetterberg or Chris Pronger or every player that went off to the trash heap that is Arizona's what money laundering salary cap situation. <laughs> right, they're constantly but, doing but this. But to, to, back to the Bishop point, mm-hmm. like let's say it's not going to happen, and I don't want it to happen. Right. Let's say you wanted to train for John Gibson from the Ducks. Mm-hmm. Wouldn't that put them under the floor? Yes, it would. They would need... Uh, they're at 69, so they, okay, they're still eight away. He's six million. But they wouldn't be under yet. Okay. They're close. It's really Arizona. But the point is, to have something mm-hmm. like that for a team that has space mm-hmm. is a potential asset. Anybody else trading with a floor team needs to give them money. Oh, well, here's this money. We don't even care about this one. Take this guy. And... You're not dumping on them. What Darren Drager is saying there is they want entry-level deals yeah. because they don't want any financial commitments of any significance. Right. So to me, that seems like hmm. rental-slash-expiring deals would work, too. So here, here is this chip that doesn't even really cost you a thing. Right. It just takes up space and makes the deal happen. Right, and that's why I said initially it'd be really interesting if they did this specifically with Arizona in mind. But it's not a stretch to say an NHL GM would sit there and go, we've got tons of cap space, we got to get to the floor, let's pick up this contract. And you know what? At the very least, we need it to get to the floor. If not, maybe it turns out to be something that helps us complete a trade that, say, the Kings can't, or all these teams with no cap space, Washington, whatever. I don't think it's far-fetched to say an NHL GM would think that far down the road and go, maybe it turns out to be a valuable piece in a trade because we have the flexibility to, to do this to help out our trading partner. I don't think, I, but, I don't know, to sit there and go, <laughs> It might be a little bit of a stretch. I will say one thing about the trade deadline. Again, we started this conversation because your last day is the trade deadline. The Sabres have three second-round picks. Hmm. All right. They're hey. gonna, they should make a trade. And, you can, and throw in your first-round pick. Throw in your first. And a prospect. And a pro make. Like the Chikrin they stuff, have plenty of assets. I, I don't know if Chikrin will sign. He's under contract for two more years. The closer we get to it, and the more Chikrin gets talked about, I have three scenarios. One, the Sabres do it, and that's great. I think it's a good idea. Two, he gets traded somewhere not significant. Mm-hmm. Okay, fine. But one of these teams that's listed with the room, if Detroit gets him, if Boston gets him, wow. if he comes into my backyard, basically... Yeah, when, good. when you had the money to spend, like it's it's a constant moving target. It's a race, I and mean, these you got to catch these teams. Detroit is has pulled ahead of you in the standings. Like yeah. they're a team that's not going to just sit there and let Buffalo grow and watch and do nothing. Yeah, they're they're on a five game win streak. They're playing well. He's got two years left. I didn't realize that at four point six for be. a top four defenseman. 
He's the only. You def- put him in there with Samuelson, Dalene, and Power, as opposed to like like Timo Myers in the rumor mill, right? Mm-hmm. He's an RFA after the season, unless Chikrin says I'm not showing up unless you renegotiate my contract. He's incredibly undervalued at four point six for two years. That's nothing, right? Mm-hmm. They're just the biz- They're handing out seven million dollar a year contracts to forwards. You're going to add a top four defenseman at four six and get two more seasons out of him before he's a UFA. Two mentions on that. I saw. Chikrin is the only defenseman in the NHL top three in both controlled zone entries and zone exits. Like you, man, four point six is you would fit well. That's criminal. And this is also a follow up on Timo Meyer. Elliot Friedman in his thirty two thoughts mentioned about Timo Meyer um, that he believes Timo Meyer would rather die than play in New Jersey. <laughs> I actually want to see that quote. I want to actually hear someone say that. I, I, I don't want to make... You're from Jersey. Or, no, you have relatives no. in Jersey. Yeah. I don't want to make fun of Jersey because growing up on Long Island, you always made fun of New Jersey like that. You'd never want... The best thing about New Jersey was seeing it in the rearview mirror, that type of thing. So I'm not saying anything about New Jersey. Well, if that's true... Is it... It's New Jersey or... Isn't Carolina making a push now for Meyer, supposedly? I think so. If that's true, I think we all have to admit we can't throw stones. Somebody that doesn't want to play for New Jersey doesn't want to play for Buffalo either, right? I mean, New Jersey is New York. It's New York. By the way, why wouldn't you want to play for New Jersey? I mean, Newark's not a terrible place to live, but it's New York City. It's New York City. I mean, you're in the New York metropolitan area. You're, yeah, I would want to play for New Jersey. I like Lindy. They finally made a better team. They did. Where would I not want to play? Anyway. Hmm. I feel Winnipeg is too cold. Timo Meyer is Ooh, an, yeah, an, an okay. elite game driver. But it's funny, with Meyer... You'd have to you gotta get him another contract, right? People are talking around like ten million dollars a year. Go give up what you want what they want for Chikrin. Four six, two more years? Why not? 803-0550 to join us, WGR. Hey, let's get connected with our fans. 803-0550 to join us on this lovely Friday morning. And we'll go where it's a little bit warmer. Mike in Arizona, you're on WGR. Go right ahead. Hey, good morning, guys. How you doing? Good, thank you. Good, good, good. Hey, I appreciate it. Hey, this is what I would do. Let's rewind the clock. Driven will be my head coach. I think he's more valuable than McDermott. No offense against McDermott, but uh, Gravel's the guy. Now, fast forward to now. Miller put us in a bind with his contract. He played very well. He's an older player, a lot of money. So now you got three guys. You got who, who did you say? I'm sorry. Who put who put him in a in a bind? Uh, Miller. Von. Oh, Von Miller's contract. Sorry. Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah. So that kind of put us in a bind. He played very well. A lot of money. He's a little bit older. Now going forward, we got three guys. You got Knox, Edmonds, and Hines. I would put Edmonds number one, Hines number two, and Knox number three. You can't keep them all. Well, Knox Knox is under contract. Yeah, Knox is under contract, and Hines is not really a factor. I understand that. But uh, Knox is not a guy that's going to make $12 or $14 million a season. He's an average player. What I would have did with Knox, I would have traded him. I would have traded him for a slot receiver and try to get a second round or third round pick. And uh, I'd rather well, keep Edmonds than uh, go ahead. Uh, Mike, instead of what you would have done, what about what they can do? Like, you can't go back in time and get Brian Dable. Yeah. And you're not going to trade Dawson Knox for a slot receiver because and he's. You would add a hole at tight end you would add to fill. Yeah, you know, they just resigned him, so he's a part of their future. So it's about what, they're go- what they can do from here more than what they should have done. Well, I, I understand that. I understand that. Yeah. But uh, as far as Knox is concerned, he's an average he's an average tight end. That's a lot of money. 
our, our middle is terrible. We, we have no slot receivers. We can't do anything over the middle. So uh, without signing Knox, I would have traded him. Try but, to get a second round okay. pick. I appreciate but, the call. They did. They, it's, and it's, we, we can't change history. And they probably wouldn't get a second round pick for him. And if you're telling them, if you're sitting here going, he's not that good, who's giving up a second round pick for a guy you think is not that good? But it, it, whatever, he's here. Dable's gone. There's nothing you can do about it. All right, we'll get a break. 8030550 to join us uh, on WGR. T Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.